Welcome to SolkanaCast, two broads talking broadly about health, the physical, the emotional, the nitty-gritty, and the fun. Real thoughts on real health. The information provided within this podcast is not designed to and does not provide medical advice, professional diagnosis, opinion, treatment, or services to you or any other individual and is intended for general information for educational purposes only. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Cast with your hosts, Hannah Whitevin and the lovely, talented, taller than a tree, gorgeous Amazon woman, Lucia Holly. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have that intro every time? Yeah, sure. I'll make it more elaborate each time we go on. Every day I'm going to find a tree that I am taller than. <laughs> <laughs> taller than you did it. Yeah, dumb baby tree. <laughs> Keep growing. Oh, yay! Today's episode is insulin and injury. But before we get into the episode content, let's check in. How are you doing? You know, I'm pretty good today. I packed, <laughs> I packed myself a big salad and it oh. took like 25 minutes to eat. Got that chew problem. <laughs> Got that chew problem, but but it was good. I'm feeling like full of colorful veg. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, not to be like, mm, I'm laughing and eating a salad, but it made me feel good oh, today. Oh, yeah. Well, smiling at yogurt. Yeah. Mm, yeah. My yogurt smiles. Yeah. <laughs> how, are, how are you? I'm a little stuffy. Yeah. Yeah. Because I had one glass of wine. One whole glass of wine? Yeah. It was like a, it was like a white oven pour. <laughs> so That strong pour. Yeah. In my household, a glass of wine, my mom pours me a glass of wine and it's like, like a gallon of wine. <laughs> this wasn't quite that, but it was definitely like, it was like eight ounces of wine. Uh-huh. I don't know what a normal glass is supposed to be, but this was like pretty hefty. Yeah. So you're feeling it today? Yeah, I'm feeling all stuffy. Mm. Stuffy my nose. Well, I brought you a supplement. I see it. Yeah. Hannah and I were kind of talking and it sounds like, kind of knowing her background, that maybe she's having a bit of a histamine. <laughs> you can hear it. You can hear the capsules. Ooh. Having a bit of a histamine reaction to that red wine. So this supplement kind of helps with that. It's an herbal blend to kind of help reduce that histamine reaction. So she is looking at it. It's like a light brown <laughs> capsule. Oh, I mean, the capsule's clear, but inside there's some powder. There's some black walnut, some turkey tail mushroom. It smells kind of like mushroom. Really? Yeah, but not, not bad. Some of them are offensive and this one is not. <laughs> Here I go. There she goes. So much better. Yep. Woo! Instant reaction. <laughs> Maybe by the end of the episode. We'll yeah. See. We'll have to check in. Okay. Well, anyway, this week's episode. Oh, before we get to it, gosh, I'm getting so excited. We got to check in about our challenges from last week. Oh, yeah. From our macros and midlines episode. Mm. Uh, you gave me the challenge of counting my macros for breakfast. I did. Good thing I eat the same <laughs> goddamn thing for breakfast every morning. What do you eat? Savory oatmeal. I'm going to mention this mm. in every episode yeah. successfully. Savory standby. Savory standby. I like make savory oatmeal. I'm getting, uh, making a pack of uh, ground beef mm-hmm. every week and then using ground beef, cheese, uh, egg whites, and oatmeal with a little bit of cashew milk just to keep it from turning into like a uh, souffle. Because <laughs> if you just like microwave it with just the egg whites, it yeah. turns into like a bake. Yeah. You need a little liquid in there. Yeah. So it's 36 grams of carbs, mm-hmm. 22 grams of protein, 9 grams of fat. 
Wow. Pretty good. Rich. Yeah, good work. Yeah, and if, you know, if I put a little extra cheese in there, I can bring that fat up. Yeah, then... I think that, that that sounds like an awesome ratio, again, especially for you because you are really active. So you need to have that kind of balance of that 40-30-30 that I mentioned last week of 40% carbs, 30% protein, 30% fat, or kind of, yeah, bringing it up with that bit of cheese. Yeah, I love that cheese. <laughs> it just makes it so good. Mm. Good work. So I did it. You did but it. It's, it's not that much work because I really eat the same thing. I use measuring cups. It's the same every morning. But you use measuring cups. That's that's really interesting because I, I think, you know, kind of where, what we've done with you kind of in our work together, that's that's the, probably a difference than yeah. breakfast from last year. Yeah, like in, it's kind of nice because now I can buy everything in bulk or mm. make everything in bulk. What about you? How was your challenge oh using boy. your midline, my, stabilizing all the time? My, 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 my midline. Um, it, it went pretty well. Okay. Um. Again, I feel like I always have visuals of myself doing things. So my visual right now in my head is me getting in and out of my car. Um, previously, like through the winter, if I would hop into my car after standing or walking for long periods, I'd have to be really, really careful about how I get oh. in my car because my back would start to feel kind of tweaky, which is something that is normal for me. But it was especially apparent then. Um so yeah, I've been kind of stacking before I open my car door. I've been really, really conscious about how I get into my car. And there has not been the tweaky feeling. There you go. It's lovely. I want to keep that up. Keep it up. But it really, yeah, it really Good shows me how easy it is to not think about what muscles you're using when you're doing those really, really basic activities like yeah. sitting or walking. Yeah, and like I, I see a lot of people come into the gym and they're like, oh, I injured, I hurt myself, I'm in pain because they did something like picked up a car seat or uh, reached up to a cabinet, but they did it without proper yeah. alignment. Anytime my back has gone out, once I was loading the dishwasher, Yeah. once I was folding laundry, and another time I was reaching for a water bottle. Yeah, well, because generally you're thinking about it when you're lifting weights. You're less likely to hurt yourself under that situation right? because you're actually being aware of it. If you're not being aware of it, then yeah, you're really likely to hurt yourself. <laughs> But if you're in, a, in your normal day, you're doing something very casual. It doesn't feel like you should have to do it correctly. Mm -hmm. And ouchy city. Ouchy city. But yeah, no ouchy city this last week, which has been super cool. Good. Well, that takes us into this week's episode. Insulin and injury. Ooh. ooh. Speaking of <laughs> tweaks in your back. Yeah. And speaking of sugar. And blood oh, sugar. Man. <laughs> Aren't we always talking about blood sugar? <laughs> I feel like I sure am. Feels like we are. Blood sugar, it, it has a big impact on people. And I think once once you start to identify what it's doing in your body and you start to tune in in that way, I think it's hard not to have it kind of come back to you and start. Yeah. You, you're just aware of it. Once you have that awareness, it'll it'll stay there. So, right. um, yeah, that's why I kind of wanted to talk a little bit. We're just going to do like a very basic overview of what insulin is. Okay, so here's what I think it is. Yeah. Are you oh, ready? Yeah, okay. okay. Hope I'm right. <laughs> your blood sugar spikes and insulin kicks in from your pituitary... No, no. pancreas. Pancreas. Yep. I knew that. Starts with a P. Yep. From your pancreas. And the insulin acts to try to bring your blood sugar back to a normal level, of which is like, what, average five grams per <laughs> milliliter or something like that? <laughs> okay, so... Is that wrong? You're really close. Okay. You're really close with about half of that. It's a good work. That's Wait, I'm awesome. not done. And oh. then it knocks it down. <laughs> and sometimes if it if it, your blood sugar spike too high, it'll bring it below the, the normal range. So then you get tired. 
Right. You feel like lower blood sugar than you want? Yeah, you feel that blood sugar kind of crash. Okay. And then you take in more sugar and your insulin spikes, et cetera. Right. And that causes constant inflammation. (laughs) You guys have taken in a lot of information (laughs) and made it my own. (laughs) (laughs) Put that uh, Hannah spin on it. Yeah. It's probably not right at all. You were really close. Okay. Super close. That's cool. Um, Good work. Thank you. (laughs) So, yeah, insulin is a – it's secreted by the pancreas. And you can kind of think of it as like a storage hormone. It's a hormone. It – pancreas kind of – shoots it out when your blood sugar levels rise right so our blood sugar levels for kind of a normal healthy person blood sugar kind of fluctuates between 80 milligrams per deciliter to about 100 maybe 120 milligrams per deciliter of blood why did i say five That's like nothing. <laughs> five would be. It would you be like, like a bite of a strawberry. And you'd be like, whoa. <laughs> well, f- uh, five milligrams per deciliter of blood, you'd be in the hospital. And oh, okay. It would be no you'd wonder. Be dying. You would be so hypoglycemic. I don't even know how that would feel. Okay, great. <laughs> Never mind. So between 80. I meant 50 plus 30. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Math. Um, so between 80 and 100 or kind of 120 is kind of that normal range. But our blood sugar can and does fluctuate below that 80 and above that 120, kind of depending on where our bodies are at. So we can kind of talk about this later too. But if someone is feeling kind of hypoglycemic, that means that they're kind of the highs of their blood sugar stay around that 100, 120, but they dip below that 80. If they're feeling hyper um, glycemic, then it's kind of the flip. So they kind of dip to that 80, but then they go, they can go above that 100, 120. And then something like diabetes, type 1 or type 2, um, their blood sugar never even hits that high number. So their blood sugar is always too high. It's always above that 120, regardless of where it is. Because there's no insulin coming in. There's no insulin coming in, exactly. So insulin, storage hormone. But that, what I mean is that when, when we eat a meal and we get food in, and specifically when you're getting carbohydrates in, so we're getting in some glucose, which is a form yep. of carbohydrate. What's happening is that goes into our bloodstream, and then in response with a kind of a healthy, normal pancreas, it shoots out insulin. That insulin, you can think of it as the key in our cells. It's like a key going into a lock in our okay. cells. And it's unlocking and opening up our cells so that they can take in that glucose. And then function. And then function. Pretty important hormone to yeah, have. Get some going. Yep. So for you know type one diabetes, there is no the pancreas is unable to make it's compromised. Right. So it's una- unable to make that insulin. So there's just consistently uh, high levels of blood glucose and low level of cell function. Well, yeah, it's pretty pretty tiring. Yeah, that sounds pretty bad. <laughs> right. Whew. So with that, then there's. You know, for people who do have type 1 diabetes, then they have an insulin pump, and they're able to bring in insulin. They check their blood sugar levels, make sure that they're kind of at an appropriate level. Um, they really have to watch what they eat, right? They really have to watch what they eat, totally. And sometimes they need, um, some people have type 1 diabetes, they need to be able to have a source of th- something that is a quick source of that sugar. So something like fruit juice, in case for in case whatever they reason, get too low. they get too low. Right, so they're, they can kind of, 
have extremes. When we think about blood sugar, what we're looking at, they're kind of different phases that people can fall into. So we can kind of have someone with normal and appropriate blood sugar. They're not really getting in too many refined foods. They're not getting in, they're maybe not eating a lot of candy. They don't really go for a lot of um, processed carbohydrates. Because of that, what they're taking in isn't going to spike their blood sugar the way someone else's blood sugar could be spiked. Okay. So that's kind of our quote-unquote ideal. We're not getting in these huge amounts of glucose right. or fructose to really be spiking our blood sugar. Kind of the next step away from that is going to be compromised blood sugar levels. So that's kind of where a lot of the standard Americans are at, where we're eating like a normal, what would be like a normal standard American breakfast? Oh, um, pancakes. Yeah. With bacon and, and eggs. And maple syrup. Yeah. And maybe a glass of orange juice. Yeah, maybe maybe the pancakes have like chocolate in them. Yum, they got a chocolate chip. Yeah, or some French toast. <laughs> There's maybe a muffin on the table too. Yeah, or maybe it's a bagel mm-hmm. or a donut, mm-hmm. something like that. Totally. If you have that, and then if you have a standard snack a few hours later, a granola bar, maybe another cup of coffee, some more sugar. Yeah. What we're kind of getting at there just basically is that those are sources of a lot of refined carbohydrates and sugars. When you have those come in, your blood sugar is going to spike. Yeah. That's a big influx. After a little bit of time, with that big spike, there's going to come a big fall in blood sugar. And that's where people feel um, hangry or some shakiness or hunger where they just f- they really have to get something in right away. Yeah. So, ha- yeah, hangry. <laughs> hangry. I can identify with that. Yeah. Totally. And a lot of people can. So a lot of people kind of fall into that arena of having some compromised blood sugar levels. So that's kind of next down the list. After that, so our bodies are kind of getting more and more fatigued. So what can happen after that is that people can fall into hypoglycemia, which I mentioned before. So that's where people kind of have those big dips. Maybe they're not getting, they can have kind of rises in the blood sugar, but really like, oh man, that blood sugar, they crash and they crash easily. After that, then there's um, what really starts to happen is that our bodies, before we get to type 2 diabetes, which is kind of the end of the line, our bodies start to become more and more insulin resistant. Right. So what that means is that we can have our pancreas can be shooting out that insulin in response to an increase in the blood sugar. But our cells, because if they're if you're always getting all that sugar in and there's always blood sugar, they don't need it as often, right? Right. So it's coming in, but the thing is, if there's always insulin in our bloodstream, just like because it's always having to battle glucose, our cells are going to get tired. Yeah, they're going to be like, quit it, insulin. Stop sticking your freaking key (laughs) in my lock. Like, I'm done. I'm tired. Mm -hmm. I've done enough for today. Hence the term insulin resistance. It's going to resist the kind of, yeah, that key action that insulin is trying to make happen. Um. So that sounds bad. It sounds kind of ouchy. So some tips that I have for people, if they're kind of trending towards that, one of the biggest things you can do is just really focusing on unprocessed foods. Yeah. These foods are bodies. Specifically not stuff that has added sugar. Right. No added sugars. If, if there is sugar, it's coming in the form of a natural sugar, which is going to be fructose, and it's going to be in a lower amount than what you could get in a processed sugar. Right. So that's mostly going to be fruit. Right? Right. Which is coming in a package with that fiber, with that water, to really help our bodies um, 
kind of deal with that big influx of sugar. Right. So other things you can do to kind of regain insulin sensitivity, if you feel like you are someone who is maybe losing insulin sensitivity, it's okay. It can be reversed, at least to some degree. Before it gets to one of those problematic... Right, before you really kind of have a diagnosis of metabolic syndrome or of type 2 diabetes, you can regain that sensitivity. And what you do, you'd want to start kind of doing what you and I always talk about. So increasing your activity, kind of moving like at least five, six hours a week, ideally um, adding some muscle mass. That can really help people kind of use any muscle glycogen stores, help insulin sensitivity in that way. Um, You don't want to be too low carb. A lot of people will kind of try to go for like a ketogenic diet. If they hear that carbs are bad, better take out all the carbs. You actually want just a moderate amount of unprocessed carbs. So again, quality and quantity. I know I I think I talk about it in a lot (laughs) of episodes, but it's really important. Not just how much we're getting in, but what is making up our food content. Yeah. I mean, the reason we talk about it so much is because all the things that we're referring to that are problematic usually come from a similar source. Right, right. So we want to de-stress. The middle of the grocery store. The middle of the grocery store. Although that's where the coffee is. (laughs) And as we know, Alicia, I love coffee. (laughs) Coffee delicious. I love coffee too. Yeah. Coffee's my boo. Um, We really want to take out the stressors that are coming in. Any stressor that we have control over. So... More processed food, going to be more of a stress on our bodies. Yeah. We can leave it as a treat. We don't have to take it out forever. But if we really want to kind of buck up and figure out our health, we have to understand what foods are really going to serve us and which ones are nutrient dense. And that's not going to be processed food. Right. So look at that. Looking at sleep, making sure that we're getting enough sleep, um, cutting down on any nicotine use. That's another stressor on our body. Um, cutting down on kind of excessive caffeine consumption. Again, it's a stressor on our body. So that's my little... Insulin! That's my uh, instant... Insulin is interesting. Instant insulin. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. (laughs) I like that, but I'll I'll take it. Uh, Yeah. Thank you. That's helpful. Yeah. So my challenge for people, if they want to do this, and Hannah... We were talking about your breakfast, so you kind of have yeah. yours locked and locked and loaded. So that's I know cool. it doesn't hurt me. Yeah, it certainly gets me very full. But I really want, I want people to assess their breakfast, and if you did our challenge from last week where you were adding up the macros, this really fits in with that. So if you have a breakfast where there's a lot of carbohydrates, notice this time: are they coming from a quality source? Right. Are they coming from? oatmeal some sort of whole grain are they coming from potato root veggies or is it coming as a cereal Mm -hmm. has it been processed is there a flour type source in it is it wheat flour it's something else all those are going to be they're going to spike blood sugar more quickly and then you more likely have the possibility of having some of those kind of sugar crash symptoms later on so i want people to be aware of a what is my breakfast and b Two or three hours later, how the heck am I feeling? Yeah. Am I shaking? Am I anxious? Am I irritable? Am I mad at everyone? And I'm. Am I so mad? Am I hangry? Am I just flat out angry? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, on that note, yeah. let's move into the second portion of the show, which is injury. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, I want to talk about injury because 
I feel like there is some misconception around how to deal with injury when you're doing a sport mm. or when you're doing a form of exercise that resembles a sport. So first, first of all, I'm not a doctor. Let's be clear about that. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a trained medical professional. So my opinion on things is just from my experience seeing people move. But uh, and when I see things that are problematic, I send send those people away to some real profession <laughs> people. But I will say that I, there are some major trends that I've noticed in the gym with like how to deal with pain. What is pain? What is injury? And what is like a chronic injury versus an acute injury? And, and what do you do? Like I, that's a, probably the most common question I get. And I think that's it's such a good topic to be talking about because especially with CrossFit, People can be coming from so many different backgrounds. Yes. You could have athletes coming in, retired athletes, people yeah. who have never really moved before. That was, that was me. Yeah. No, like, no yeah. sport background, no understanding of what an injury is or how to move it and use it and all that stuff. So yeah. I love it. And I would say that I noticed the biggest difference between people who are former athletes, people who are non-athletes before and are becoming athletes now is that when you grow up, in athletics, you learn very quickly what the difference between pain and injury is, and you start to come up with a practice of self, like self-care, mm. to maintain and and deal with those issues. Like I had a constant inflammation in my shoulder when I played softball, and I had like a practice around how to deal with it, and when I needed to slow down and speed up. Obviously, it, that overall that pain led to an injury in the long run because I didn't slow down the way I needed to which many people who play competitive sports can probably relate to that coach pushes you you push you you want to do it you're on a scholarship maybe you are it's basically like a job when you're playing competitively Mm. um so that pain can quickly lead to an injury but athletes usually have a better sense for how to deal with that they also have a better sense for what is like an ache versus what is a pain versus what is an injury sure i mean it's almost kind of like their job yeah right exactly they have to know their body is their instrument yeah in that case yeah but when i see people who have not really done a lot of athletics before come into the gym and they are doing something like weightlifting crossfit or maybe an endurance sport something that's like actually a sport where they have to repeat a lot of the same movements or same movement patterns and they see and then and then as a result of that they're working harder than they used to those people don't always know the difference between aches, pains, and injuries. Mm. And um, it's unfortunate because sometimes there's, like, two things that can happen. Sometimes those are – they're literally just aches and pains, and those people can overreact to those things. And They can be kind of scared of pushing through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not even pushing through the pain, but just, like, even coming back. Mm. They're like, oh, I'm afraid I'm going to get hurt. I'm afraid I'm going to get an injury. And they so won't even – they try they won't even try yeah Yeah. they won't even try it at all or they'll try it and if they notice an ache a soreness or a discomfort they'll stop doing it yeah so they're kind of they're not able to get through that for the long-term benefit because they're feeling kind of that short-term discomfort right because they're feeling the muscle breakdown that we talked about in our episode and hypertrophy episode they're feeling what it feels like to have hypertrophy in their muscles they're feeling muscle fiber breakdown and that is a good thing Um, but they misinterpret it for injury. Yeah, because it's so novel. Yeah, because it's new. So uh, basically the guidelines I give people is like 
if you are if you did something if you worked out yesterday and today you woke up and you had an ache okay and it was it's like a dull ache or it's an ache when you move or it's related to the area that you worked yesterday that is likely not an injury however if it feels uncomfortable you should treat yourself with kindness in that area until that discomfort goes away. Mm-hmm. If it's just soreness, if you're like just uncomfortable when you're moving your muscles because you feel that dull, like soreness around your whole body, you're fine. You can go right back into the gym and work out that very same day. You might not have the same power output that you did the day before, but your body is not going to shut down because of that. And like you mentioned in a previous episode, there's there's no need to go really hard with those same muscles if they're already feeling some of that you know the hypertrophy you don't need to continue to try to break them down yeah you can can work on something else for the day yeah you can kind of mix it up yeah um or you can do similar movement patterns at a much lighter weight much Mm -hmm. lighter rep scheme just something to keep you moving um so those things are not problematic where it becomes problematic is when something happens when you're working out when you're moving that is sudden and it's suddenly different than what you felt before. So, like, if you're putting a weight overhead and you suddenly feel something in your shoulder, then put the bar down, take a second, figure out if you can still feel the pain, if it's something that's going to, if that's continuing, uh, and, and if it is, if the pain is, like, acute in your body. So, it's a, if it's a kind of like a glowing yeah. orb of pain There's in your body maybe at some the moment. Sh- sharpness. Yes. Uh that that type of pain is definitely something to to pay attention to it's not just soreness it's like genuine pain Mm -hmm. also uh, the type of pain you can pay attention to is something that happens when you do a certain movement in a certain way and it's like a pinching feeling or like a stabbing knifey feeling uh and it's happening consistently like for a little while i was having some pain in my labrum in my hip and when i squatted it would feel like sort of a pinching in my hip and it wasn't dramatic, it wasn't an injury, but it was pretty painful, mm-hmm. and so I laid off on that hip, and now it's gone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So pain can happen from inflammation, and you know, as we know, inflammation can happen from food, it can happen from exercise, it can happen from lack of sleep, stress. Yeah. So it could be from a number of reasons. It might not be because you squatted the day before. Right. That type of pain that comes up, it's going to come up kind of frequently when you're doing exercise on a regular basis. And when you're doing exercise that demands a lot of your body where you're trying to like continually push your body forward. I think it's also a really cool exploration of getting to know your body too. Again, coming from that non-athletic background, just be like, okay, there's a muscle there or okay, doing a squat. I've been having some knee pain. And I was like, you know, getting really up in my head. It was like, I've ruined my knee. Right. It's gone. Right. But of course it's not. No, it you was know, a tight IT band. Exactly. Yeah. It's temporary pain because it's resulting from something else. Mm-hmm. Likely further up the chain. Yeah. If it's your knee, you look up further towards your hips, mm-hmm. maybe even up into your back. Figure out, like, is something just a little tight? What can I address here to help me? If it's an injury, it's something that is consi- persisting even when you rest. I've rested that area. Then you should go and see somebody about it. Right? Right. So for me, it's like, (laughs) how many days does it hurt? How often does it hurt? What kind of pain do you have? And does it feel better when you rest? Right. If it feels better when you rest, then you just need to rest in that area of your body until the pain is 
dissipated. Right. If the pain doesn't dissipate, you need to go to a doctor or somebody who can help you. Yeah. Yeah. How does? Yeah. You can look at how does it affect the rest of your life. Are you thinking right. about it when you're at work? Do you have to sit differently at your desk? Right. Do you need someone to fill in for you because it's that bad? Right. Yes. Is it is it causing you the kind of pain where it's sharp, where you're gasping? Mm-hmm. Obviously, then please address those things <laughs> immediately. Go. But what, what I see a lot as a coach is that people over-dramatize small issues. And then what happens is because they are like sort of babying those issues, uh, babying in quotes because, you know, that can mean a lot of different things. But if they're like saying, oh, I think I strained this and so I'm not going to do anything about it. And then it persists and it becomes more dramatic and then it becomes a true injury down the line. Right. So if pain comes up, which it always does and always will, and it will change which part of your body it lands in, you need to address it in the moment. Yeah. At the time. Through rest in the area. Don't repeat the movement that hurts. Stretch and mobilize. Mm. Not only the area that hurts, but every area leading back up to the torso. So, like, if your wrist hurts, you should stretch your forearm. You should work on your biceps. You should work on your shoulder and your upper back, right? Because your wrist is likely not hurting just because of your wrist. Mm-hmm. If your foot hurts, you should look up to your ankle, to your knee, to your hip. Make sure everything is moving properly and everything is firing appropriately. Gotta work on it. <laughs> our bodies inform our bodies. Yeah. Crazy. Right? Yeah. If something in your lower half hurts, work on your glutes. Mm-hmm. Do some glute exercises before you go back into the gym the next time. Or do them consistently every day. Stretch your hip flexors. If it's originating in your arms or upper back, work on your shoulder mobility. Work on your thoracic spine mobility and stretch your pecs. Those are like some pretty general pieces of feedback. But they usually, I mean, I specifically can say those things often help me navigate through pain Mm -hmm. and understand what is pain versus what is injury. If it feels better after you spend some time caring for it, it is likely not an injury that will persist if you continue to care for it, right? Yeah. If it doesn't feel any different after you ch- tried to care for it, it is probably something you should go check out right away. But if you get pain and you don't do anything about it and you just act like it means that you can't do anything, you may end up giving yourself an injury anyway. <laughs> yeah, you're not really setting up that foundation. Yeah. If you're yeah, if you're kind of have a wobbly. F- wobbly foundation and you're just pushing through stuff and when you're not stretching you're not taking the other actions right then most most of that pain and injury stuff comes from poor mobility poor Mm -hmm. range of motion and trying to do too much on that range of motion right that's where i see it from um and and just like overuse of certain areas if people are like continually training only in like a pushing motion through their pecs they're gonna feel strain in their pecs you know that's gonna happen they're going to feel tightness, and that might result in, tight, in another pain in their neck or shoulders. Right, right. What, what makes me crazy is when people, when an athlete is working out and something goes a little weird, and they're like, drop the bar, and they, they suddenly react, which is fine and normal, but then they, their reaction is to just give up on moving for the day, to be like, okay, well... I think I tore my shoulder. We'll say something like that. I think I tore my shoulder. I think I tore my hamstring. I think I pulled a muscle. I need to go sit down. And my reaction is usually like, you need to do what's best for your body because I don't want to push those people. But 
the reality is likely likely you didn't pull or tear or strain those things are a little bit more extreme than we like to give them credit for but also maybe you did get a little bit of a strain and it's not the end of the world it's just something you need to give a little gentle care for and in the moment the best thing you can do is go off to the side and stretch all the parts that are related to that Mm. if the injury is sharp and acute like your back pain for example Mm -hmm. then I would say yes please go to the corner lay on your back put your feet up on the wall and just chill and I would say for that, as someone whose back has gone out multiple times, yeah. and now it's been um, almost two years, Woo! so the anniversary soon. Um, yeah, in that moment, rest it, you know, put your feet up, all that. But pretty soon after, you know, by that evening or the next day, for me, and again, I'm not a doctor, but just talking, talking from my lower back, get some movement going. Yeah. Once you're able yes. to, and you don't feel like you're just, you know your muscle maybe has kind of released if it's used up or something a little bit if you're able to get movement to it get movement to it right and the reality is if you go to the doctor for for a back problem like that your doctor is going to give you a a prescription for a a temporary pain relief Mm -hmm. and then they're going to send you to a pt who is going to have you move right and who's going to have you work on your glutes work on your core work on your low back muscles work on your abdominal muscles and work on your alignment so they're going to have you do all the things you should be doing <laughs> right. in the gym when you're working out, before you're working out, during your workout, and after. It sometimes takes us, unfortunately, it takes us an injury to go back and look at the way we're moving and fix it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you experienced that with your low back. I yep. experienced that with my shoulder. I recently experienced it with my ankle. I was having problems with my ankle. I just kind of, like, ignored it, didn't rest because I was, you know, working for this competition. I didn't want to rest. It got progressively worse. I ended up in a boot. Mm-hmm. And then as I was doing PT, noticed some alignment problems and some glute weakness on my left side. Well, no wonder I was having ankle <laughs> problems on my left side. My glute was weak on my left side. And my PT, amazing, the amazing Wendy Hurd, oh. Mayo Clinic, Minneapolis. Love Wendy. She helped me work on strengthening my glute, strengthening my back, making sure I was symmetrical on both sides. The stuff I should have been doing when I felt pain in the first place. Sure, sure. Yeah. So um, it, it's kind of it's kind of a circular thing. You know, pain is not something you should ignore. But it's also not something that you need to automatically jump to someone else to fix for you. Because your body is your own tool to either, you know, help or destroy. <laughs> Pain, pain is a fascinating signal. Yes, because it's, it's telling you something is wrong. Right, but it's not necessarily telling you it's broken. It's it's pointing towards the thing that needs to be addressed. Right, it's like, not saying don't stop, necessarily. Right, it's saying oh pay attention. Hey, pay attention to me. Something is weird, like having a pinched labrum in my hip. Okay, well what's going on there? Well, I've been working a lot of my left glute. Everything in my left glute and all along my left side was getting very tight as a mm. response because I wasn't really stretching it. I was just working on strengthening it. Sure. So mobilization, uh, doing some banded distraction, stuff like that really helped me. Mobility, uh, just spending like an hour in a yoga class, all of that helped that pain dissipate. Mm. Pain is not your opportunity to walk away and be done. Right. It's an invitation to figure out what's wrong. I love that. Address the issue at hand. Mm-hmm. If it's consistently problematic and it's not getting better, or if you have a previous diagnosis, some other thing where you're like, if you know you have no cartilage in your knees, 
then you should go to your doctor right away if you have knee pain, right? Right. But if, if you've gotten a pretty clear diagnosis before, this is a new thing, it's not terribly sharp or debilitating, and it seems to get better when you address it, then you need to address it. <laughs> Do you have a challenge for me? Oh, God. I'm curious. I'm like, hot from that. <laughs> um, you know, this is a hard one because I don't want you to uh, have to hurt yourself. You want me to throw my back out? No. But I will say, I will say this. There are things that you can do every day to avoid some of the pa- some of the pain that people get the most often. Mm. So, uh, the, for you, since that pain tends to come in the form of back pain, I'm going to give you a very similar set of exercises that I gave you for your midline stability. Okay. Glute bridges. Oh, snap. Lay on your back, plant your feet, lift those hips up to the sky by squeezing your butt. Okay. Do that before you work out. Mm-hmm. Just notice if it helps you prevent any sort of weird tweaking in your low back okay just that we'll start with that okay okay thank you everyone so much for joining us <laughs> for this episode of Silconicast about insulin injury thank you to our producer taj ruler the strongest person in the world yep according to the guinness book of world records <laughs> but guinness is spelled g-i-n-n-i-s in this case yeah <laughs> i mean yeah. i made the book <laughs> And uh, uh, thank you from me, Hannah Wardevin. And thank you from me, Lucia Holly. Bye. Have a wonderful day. Bye. We'll see you next episode. Sulkanacast is produced by Taj Ruler. Subscribe on iTunes or visit sulkanacast.libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com for full episode information. You can also visit our website at sulkanafitness.com to stay up to date on everything health and fitness. Join in on the conversation over on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Sulcana CrossFit. See you there.